Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're gonna need each other. Okay. <laughs> Just poo keepsy. Just poo keepsy. Poo keepsy. Do you know who made poo keepsy? Do you know who made poo keepsy famous outside of the French connection? Charlotte. Charlotte. <laughs> the Sex in the City movie. That's what I was going for. She poo keepsied herself. She poo keepsied in the shower. There you go. Yeah. How's it going, Mita? It's going. I'm here yeah. um, at my own home, not I know, in front Mita of and you. I aren't recording in person, and it's weird. This is the first time we haven't recorded in person in like a long time. Yeah, like the last five, four or five episodes were all in person. Yeah, and it was. Way it's a more different vibe. It's a different vibe. It's not the same vibe. I'll say. There's pluses and minuses. The pluses being what? I'm not wearing a bra right now. Okay. So like that. that's always helpful. Like, as soon as this is done, I can go to sleep if I really want to. Yeah. Not that I don't love chatting no, 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 with you no. I get it. Oh, yeah. But, like, afterwards, I always have to drive home. Yep. And, like, it's not scary to drive home. No, but <laughs> you have things. to do it. I have to do it, yeah. which is annoying. And sometimes you have to poo-keepsy. Yeah. What if I had to poo-keepsy on my way home? Yeah. yeah. No, but I get but, that. Yeah. But it is better in person. The conversation is always just, and not to say that like, we'll keep it fresh. It'll be there. But I think we're just aware that in person is better. We just make more sense. In we just person. make more sense in person. We feed Which off is so crazy because better. think of how many episodes we didn't do yeah. in person. Like this started as an endeavor to do virtually. Yeah. And now here we are. But you know, we met in person. And we- I think that. <laughs> <laughs> that counts for we never something. met online we never so met like, online no we met in person we did and that helped form our friendship it did as yeah. we go on we remember we're not going on so okay but me the last week we also hung out in person we did aside from recording like outside of the podcast Mita and i went and saw film we saw a movie what did we see Mita? we saw scream <laughs> Six. <laughs> That's right. There are six installments, six installments to the Scream franchise. Now, to be fair, Mita had actually seen it before I did. I saw it the day before it came out. <laughs> yes. You got a yes. preview screening. Yes. And then I was going and Mita was like, I'll come. And I was like, all right. Because I love watching Scream. Loves, Mita loves a Scream. I love it. So your thoughts, your non-spoiler thoughts. My non-spoiler thoughts are I did actually enjoy myself. Yeah. I didn't I was a little worried I wasn't gonna enjoy myself. There's always that fear going into yeah. seeing Scream, or at least the last three that I've been able to see in theaters. Yep. There's always the fear of like, oh, is this gonna be really bad? Like, am I gonna like this? Yeah. And I did enjoy myself. Yeah. Is it perfect? No. Is it Scream One? No. no. Nothing will ever be Scream One. But I I like what they're doing with this new these new characters. I like some of it. I really enjoyed the journey of this one. Not a fan of the ending. Yeah, the destination like, was garbage. Yeah. But I really did like the journey and I liked some of the things that they were doing with like the story and um the scare tactics that were in there too. They were pretty good. Yeah, I think 
I didn't dislike it. And I think the thing about Scream is even when Scream is not good, Scream 2 and Scream 3, it's better than most of the horror out there. It's bad, yeah. Yeah. It's actually, it's still tolerable. It's still a good film. And I think what Scream really benefits from is that it's a murder mystery ultimately. Like there still is, even when the movie's just not working, and I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't think this was really working the whole time. I thought it was overlong. I I don't think Jenna Ortega or the other one, what's her name? I'm forgetting her name. Yeah. She plays Sam in the movie. Yes, they're not Nev Campbell. No, nobody will ever be Nev. They, but it's just not it's just not working the same way. But at the end of the day, it's still a mystery. It's still fun to watch. It's still some solid scares. There's some good scenes, some good fun violence, which is a weird thing to say, but it's true. I just don't know how much longer this can keep going. I wonder if they're going to do it in that they're going to try to just do another trilogy. So it would be they have five, six, and seven. So they'd have seven total screams? Yeah. But then somebody will come along and be like, let's do an eight. It'll always happen, Mita. How many ha- How many Halloweens are there? I don't even know. Yeah. I've only watched three of them. You've never them, seen like the H2Os and like those random no, ones in between? I've only seen original and then the most recent trilogy. So I've only seen four Halloweens. Oh, wow. But there's a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. And I think at least Scream is keeping everything linear. Mm-hmm. Like the story is still about... It's originating with Nev Campbell in Woodsboro, and there's an evolution from there. And it's not completely outrageous the way that Halloween, I think, probably did. No, it's actually not outrageous at all. It's repetitive, I'd say. Well, it's because they have a different killer every movie. Yeah. Whereas like Halloween and a lot of like the other ones don't work because it's the same killer. So it's like, why is the killer not dying? And they're not (laughs) fun because of that. Like, yeah, these are still like interesting because it's like, who did it and why did they do it? And what's the motivate? Like, there's still something there. There's there something there. Yeah. yeah. So I think her name is Melissa Barrera. Okay. She just is very pretty. Kind of looks like Deepika, but that's all she's really got going for her. There's nothing. Yeah, she's not. I'm not rooting for her the way I root for Sydney. No, I'm rooting for Sydney. I'm rooting for those old characters. And Mm -hmm. Courtney Cox, even though she's quite limited in this, is still the best part. Part of it. You're excited to see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. These new characters are just not doing it. And yo, when you've been stabbed like 14 times, it's time to die. (laughs) I'm not going to say more than that, but I hate that. Yeah. Yeah, it's there's some unrealistic things that happen in this one. And like, granted, the whole thing is unrealistic. Don't get me wrong. But like, there still has to be a level of like, you know, I can't be rolling my Some accountability eyes so to like yeah. what you're... Pre- <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Some accountability <laughs> to science. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I ask for. I don't think that's unreasonable. But I look forward to watching it again at Halloween and um, for sure. carrying on my tradition yeah. of watching all the screams. Yeah. I don't think that this is it's going to it's an easy watch. Yeah. And that's the other thing. None of these have none of these none of the screams are revolutionary, but they're also not awful. Yeah, they're just fun. They're fun time. I was watching today for absolutely no reason. Sex in the City 2. 
I thought you were watching it because of Poughkeepsie. No. And you, I thought you maybe watched the first one and then were like, oh, I'll just watch the second one. No, I was literally oh. just on lunch and I didn't have, I didn't feel like watching a series. I did. I just wanted something familiar on. And last night I watched The Family Stone and like watching <laughs> movies I just uh, factually don't like. That's been the zone I've been in. So I'm going to okay. finish Sex and the City 2 after we record. Because I need to know how terribly it ends. But it's just such a bad movie. It's really bad. I don't know why you're doing that to yourself. (laughs) Like really, really terrible. And I just can't explain from any angle. I get why the first one was made. I don't think it's great. Uh, I think it's pretty flawed as a film, etc., etc. But I get it. The second one has nothing going for it. The fashion isn't even that great. And it's so misplaced. It just, I don't, it just feels like they made a movie for the sake of making money. That's entirely what that movie feels like. Yeah. And I think at the time I was like kind of into it because it's like, yeah, Sex in the City. But as an adult, <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, it's so, it's so bad. It's and just when so you, poor. Yeah. I think the second time I had watched it was like after I had rewatched the series mm-hmm. and I, I believe like the first few seasons of the show are really great, but mm-hmm. then it does go downhill because it becomes more about the like fashion of things as opposed to actual like story mm-hmm. and what they're kind of exploring. And this movie just feels like that times 100. I feel like the show, despite not agreeing with it, it was still trying mm-hmm. to be something, the feminist approach. I think there was, it was definitely like faux feminism. Don't get me wrong. Like it was trying to empower women using fashion and sex, which was kind of weird. But at least there was an attempt, and towards the end, it became about sex and fashion. And the mm-hmm. the real goal of making a movie about being liberated and being free to make decisions, had it had like been long gone. And this is just an example of a film that started off from something and has no connection to what that was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I think Carrie should should never have been with Big, like at the end. I think they should have just let her be alone. Yeah. And I think she should have found happiness in this. Yeah. Yeah. Or she should have ended up with Aiden. No, no, no. Aiden deserves better. (laughs) Aiden deserves so much better. No, Aiden does deserve better. But that, like, I think that's the frustrating part about Carrie is that she should have picked Aiden. Like, she should have made that decision. He wanted to to get Maui. But you know he's coming back for and I just know, like that season too, right? I'm I, so disappointed. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. And just like that is just not great. She should be fun and like just having fun again. Yeah, yeah, going on dates. It's just not randos. the same. And it's an example of what happens when a franchise like loses sight. And my whole point of saying this was just was that I actually don't think Scream is losing sight. No, it's doing something. It's doing something, and it's at yeah. least sticking to it. So mm-hmm. you got to give it at least that. It's a solid three stars, I'd say. Okay, yeah. My first viewing, I was like three and a half. Yeah. But I think I was just so excited. Yeah. After I saw it with you, I was like three. Yeah. Which you bumped yours up because when we first saw it, I was a little it, bit more two and me, a half, yeah. Yeah. I think it's very so like much. middle of the ground. Yeah. And it's like, and I think I, I give it more credit for consistency. And trying to do something, yeah, but also instead not... of falling under the traps of like other horror franchises. Yes, trying to do something, but also knowing what lane to stick in. Yeah, like it's really, I think that's commendable about it. Mm-hmm. But speaking of what lane to stick in, 
I think there's something. I think it worked. There's Driving like, in cars? Yeah, yeah, there's like a giant car chase. <laughs> there you go. Anyways. Movie. 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 <laughs> what? Movie. movie. What did we meet though this week? We movied. <laughs> Nadim, you're going to tell me what we movied Oh, this am I? Week. Okay. Yep. This week, we watched a, the Best Picture winner from 1971. Mm-hmm. And we watched a film called The French Connection. Oui, oui. Am I am I giving an IMDb discro here? You are giving okay. the IMDb discro. Let me give us a quick IMDb discro before we launch into a convos. <laughs> a pair of NYPD detectives in the Narcotics Bureau stumble onto a heroin smuggling ring based in Marseille, but stopping them and capturing their their leaders proves an elusive goal. Did you know I'm going to Marseille in in the fall? Are you? Mm-hmm. That's exciting. You can do yeah. a. French Maybe connection. I'll catch some. <laughs> some some drug dealers. Yeah, that's my goal for my my Europe trip. Excellent. <laughs> so that is essentially what this movie is about. But I hate that yeah. description. It's not. It's so bland. It's, it is what the movie is yeah. about, but it's not what the movie is yeah. about. So I have seen the French Connection. This was in my days of watching, trying to catch up to the classics and watch them. And I think I read somewhere about. Something and I, you know, yeah. and I think I also watched it because I had heard that it was directed by William Friedkin, who directed one of my all-time favorite films, The Exorcist, and I kind of wanted to see what it was about. Mm-hmm. So I saw it years ago, and I remember liking it, okay. but not having a distinct memory of it. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking forward to watching it again because I was just like, okay, like I haven't seen it in so many years, and I distinctly remember liking it and it's still having a vague idea what it was about. Yes. And then watching it this time. But I'm really curious to know what your thoughts are. Okay. So I've heard of The French Connection. I've Mm -hmm. heard the title before. It's known to be one of the greatest films in the 70s. I know that it is sort of the premier car chase scene that's made its way to cinema. And I did have that that thought in my head while Mm -hmm. I was going to watch it. Like, okay, this is like a known thing. Mm -hmm. And while watching it, I can totally understand all the praise that it's been given and why it might have, why it did win Best Picture. And I can understand like its stance in cinema, mm-hmm. but I could, did not have like an um, emotional connection to it. Okay. And I didn't find myself like amazed by anything except for the car ch- scene, the car chase scene. Yeah. That's like pretty great. But the rest of it, I was just like, oh, this is fine. This is a good movie. And I think what it is for me is like, I really don't like drugs. <laughs> like, I don't like, I said this when we watched Traffic. Traffic. Yeah. Like, I don't, those types of storylines don't get me. Like, I just, or I don't get them, yeah. I guess is what to say. Especially with like cops and trying to find the drug dealers and things like that. That's not usually like my cup of tea mm-hmm. or my realm and what I'm like really intrigued by. And so I was watching this and I was like, this is good, but I just, I wasn't feeling the way that I thought I should be from what I was watching. But I think that's just a lot of like the pressure of the world <laughs> on me. Yeah, the pressure of what you, like the preconceived notion of the movie. Yes, of what the cinema bros have been saying yes. for so long. Yeah. yeah. No, that's... What did you think I was going to think? Because <laughs> you were really excited for yeah, me to watch this. because I thought this. you would like this. Okay. I thought you would enjoy it more because it is a bit more of a straight-laced... It's a thriller and it's a... Yeah. It's a well-made thriller on top of everything. 
I think there are some things about this that are really quite amazing. That car chase mm-hmm. is amazing. It really is so ar- arresting to watch. And it comes at the perfect time. Yeah. Like, normally, in a lot of the movies we've watched where they've been like two, three hours, yeah. this movie is only like an hour 45. Yeah. The car chase comes like an hour into it. But I'm like, this this is makes sense. It's like when you watch Widows and when <laughs> Widows starts to finally get good, you're like, okay, that slow burn was worth it for what I'm watching right now. To our average and the slow listener, burn- <laughs> it's not like Widows, which goes overstays its welcome. Listen, we have different opinions on Widows. <laughs> Let me have mine. But this, like, I was just like, oh, okay. Like, I yeah. I, I, could watch this for the rest of the movie, for the rest of the next 45 minutes. I could watch this car chase scene. Yeah. And it's so interesting to me because it's so, like, we recently watched Black Panther, mm-hmm. where there is a really good car chase yeah, scene. Is, yeah. But that is so... You know it's CGI. Yeah. You know, like there, there's all these different components to putting together that scene. This looks like legit. Like I could have done this on the streets of yeah. Ottawa if I really wanted. But I to. think the thing is, even aside from the fact that it is obviously all done, and if you read the IMDb about it, they didn't get permits to do this in NY, and a lot of the <laughs> they like did it really guerrilla style, and a lot yeah. of the near accidents that he has are actual near accidents that he has, except the like. Uh, woman and the baby that he swerves to avoid a lot of it was very natural but I think the thing that I was really taken away by was it's not just that it was all naturally done it's just a great sequence it's Mm -hmm. really well shot it's really those head-on shots of the car weaving through traffic and you're like oh my god he's gonna hit you you are actually like Like, what's gonna happen what's gonna happen he's gonna hit something or like how's he doing this it's just so riveting the back and forth and then the editing with the subway and the guy in the subway the whole sequence is just so like it's such a master class in yeah cinematography and editing there's not a sound of music no, how to engage an audience without yes. telling them what to believe. Yeah, there's some real like amazing filmmaking just in that. I so I I really like this. I was I remember liking it, but being a little bored by it. And now I remember I was also a little like up and down about it throughout the film because yeah. I love the credits. I love that the credit music. That I love, music. That yeah. music was so good. There's some things amazing. It does kind of slow down in the middle, but the ending is mint. The ending is so good. And it really reminds you, there's a lot of kind of exorcist tones throughout this. Yes, like that's could, what, the other thing that I picked up on it. Because I didn't know who directed it going into it. Oh, you it. didn't. I saw the name while watching yeah. it and I was like, wait, is that the exorcist guy? Yeah. That's the exorcist guy. But I was like, don't look it up, Mitha. Don't look it up until the yeah. end. And then I did and I was like, this makes total sense. You can sort, you can totally see. You can yeah. t- sense it. Yeah. It's coming out of him. It's coming out of him and it's great. And I was really impressed that, I, I was really impressed with what he was able to accomplish. And mm-hmm. I think overall, the way the whole story weaves together, I think for me, though, the weakest link, ironically, was Gene Hackman. Not as, like, um, palpable as I thought he was yeah. going to be. Like, it wasn't, he didn't have, like, a great screen presence to me. No, and this is the same Gene Hackman who commands the screen in The Conversation. The Conversation, which is the next year or two, two years Two years after. or something like that. Two years. Yeah. Or is it the next year? 
This is 71. I think conversation... It's 74. So Four? you're okay, up to so the exorcist. Years later, yeah. Yeah. But I, this is what put him on the map, though, right? People were like, this oh, is, yeah. This and is he Gene won, Hackman. he won his first Academy Award for this and all of that. And I get it. He is good. But again, I, I, part of me was kind of just like not sold on it. Right. Like there's other cops that I've seen since then that I think are more enticing. But that's the thing. That's the question. And that's, what makes this whole process, this whole thing that we're doing so difficult, it's the since then. Because this is what started yeah. it Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I can give a movie credit for that. Like, this definitely helped with this specific genre. But I think it is fair to also say there are things that have come since that have maybe done it better. Like, when I think about one of the best cops, I think about Tommy Lee Jones and The Fugitive. But this is very different. It is different. But it's... Also under the same guise of, like, chasing down someone. So f- can you think of a modern-day example that is a little bit more apples to apples? I don't typically watch these kinds of movies. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I'm trying to think of, like, a modern-day drug-related or even just, like, police Some, yeah, detective. something like Mystic River, even. Okay, well, no. Like, that's not... <laughs> But that's what it is, right? Yeah. It is police detectives, prisoners. Prisoners has a whole different tone, though. Like, I think the subject matter does play a big part of it. That's fair. Prisoners is so much more harrowing because of its two lost little girls that were possibly, like, murdered. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, you've seen it, right? I've seen it. Sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> it's by my boy Denis. Of course, I've seen it. You've seen it, right? It's okay, the good. one. It's the one that I saw, and I was just like, "Yo, who is this man who directed this?" This man is amazing. This yeah, man is amazing. I can appreciate this for what it is. Seven. Seven. Ooh, that's interesting. All I'm saying. I I don't disagree with what you're saying. And I think that's kind of the nature of film is that fine if this is the originator of it and we're going to move forward and we're going to talk about what's been done since then, there's going to be improvements. How could there not be? Yeah. And there frankly should be. There should be. That would be really yeah. disappointing if we weren't making improvements. But like you're saying, credit where credit's due. If this mm-hmm. is the one that, you know, started it and, and made these characters and made these situations and did all of that, we really should be giving it that's due and i think that's hard to do sometimes because we're jaded by what we see now what we've seen since and what we kind of expect what we expect i'm sure there was a time where this just felt palpable and so fresh and like so fresh onto a detective because i guess like before this if you're going to compare things if you're going to compare something like in the heat of the night Sure. With the yeah. French Connection. Yes, this is a stronger film. The In the Heat of the Night is more like of the like G-rated version of a cop film. Yeah, and in this the Heat is of the Night is actually a bit more adult. Exactly. In the Heat of the Night is actually quite bland. Yeah. Which is so interesting. Yeah. That that doesn't have all the flavor in it. That doesn't have all the flavor in it, but this yeah. this definitely builds on that. There's some yeah. But I will say that I think that's largely due to how William Friedkin directs it. Because fine, that chase sequence is good. But even all the sequences of them, you know, stalking these guys in the streets mm-hmm. of New York, the like, you know. Following the- them in the car, 
walking down the streets of New York, yeah. you know, seeing them from like an overhead, like seeing them from the top of a building yes. looking down in. Yeah. There's some real energy in it. And I think what mm-hmm. we see, we've seen what's been done since then. And I think a lot of people have borrowed from this. Yes. And of, like like we've mentioned, of course it should be better because improvements have been made. But I don't think we can discount this. I actually, while watching it, felt like Soderbergh borrowed from this a lot. Oh, yeah. Like in Ocean's Eleven, yep. there's a lot of like that sort of like intricacies of following them around and like who's doing what in what moment and like what your point of view is versus like what the the actual character's point of view would be. And I was like, oh, Stephen picked from here, I think. I think a lot of people have actually picked from here and I can totally see the influences. And that's a really, that's a really interesting example that you're saying, um, Ocean's Eleven, because I think that's a, that's a great example of a director, a good director who borrows well from it without copying it. Copy, yes. It will also like, the subject matter of Ocean's Eleven is not meant to be like a whodunit, mm-hmm. but in a lot of ways it winds up being a whodunit. Yeah. Because you are surprised by the end to like figure out how it all pieced together. I mean, this isn't a who it though. That's what I was gonna say okay. is probably what deterred me from it the most is like I had a difficult time following the story just because I was like, well, I I know what it I know they're bad guys who are just trying to smuggle drugs. Yeah. Like I don't do I really care if they are able to do this or not. Wouldn't it have been exciting if they were able to do it and get away with it? That's more exciting to me of like, yeah, like cocaine bear. Let's drop a bunch of drugs into the woods and see what happens. But like, for instance, towards the end, when they get the car and they're so certain there's something in the car and they can't find it. Are you not are you not sitting there wondering like, well, where is it? Where are the drugs? Yes and no. I just didn't. I found myself lost with the story. Like I didn't. At times, like I was, maybe it was me just like not concentrating mm-hmm. enough, but like I couldn't, I couldn't re- figure out where I was in it. What do you think caused that? Probably like my viewing experience. It's also, I've been having a really weird week, like in terms of watching movies. Yeah. I had this really great stride yeah. of watching a ton at a time. And like more recently, I just like have not been in the mood. Yeah. And so I do think that that is a point into it. But I do, I did watch this and think I'm going to need to watch it a second time. I just didn't have time like between our mm-hmm. watching it and our recording. But it is something that I do want to watch again. And I'll say that about it is that it was like enticing enough that I'm like, I know that there's something here mm-hmm. that will probably carry me forward. But I just, I'm not latching on to it right now in this moment. I know we've talked about this a little bit before. Do you think the fatigue of what we're doing is starting to settle in. Not in this scenario, because we've had a break. (laughs) We We did have a break, yeah. We had a break. It's just really what, it's not so much of like having to watch an Oscar nominated movie. I just did not feel like watching a movie. movie. I've been feeling very lethargic lately. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't think it's the actual podcast itself or this experiment of Mm -hmm. watching all of the Oscar nominated ones. Because I was like interested I just could not like focus my attention onto it and like concentrate onto what was happening. And part of it is like viewing experience. I tried watching a bit on my laptop. Then I went like and tried to watch it on the TV and like I I'm getting used to watching movies at your home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, fair enough. And it's a very different experience. Yeah, I think that from now on we should watch them together. All of them. We should watch and record them all the time. This whole this is my way of saying, um, Nadim, I'm going to be coming to your home and watching them there. I will say your viewing experience does change it though. Yeah. So after we recorded last week, after we recorded Peyton, Patton, we decided to watch a movie and we decided yeah. to watch Megan. <laughs> Megan. Megan. <laughs> and Mita, tell the listeners your thoughts on Megan. I really enjoy yeah. Megan. Megan is a riot. Um, I had already seen it. I'd seen it in theaters and I saw it in a group of yes. people who just like were like cheering at the worst moments possible who were so excited were like laughing at the jokes that are in it because the thing i like the most about megan is that it's completely aware of what it is it's not like trying to sell you something corny it's just like look how corny we can actually make this movie and i really appreciate that the second time i watched it in the theme home. Nadim fell asleep three times. <laughs> Multiple times, yeah. <laughs> Not because the movie was boring, because Nadim was tired. I was really I tired. I had yeah. just gotten back from my trip. I was really, really tired. But I will say, I think your viewing experience is what enhanced the movie when yes. you first saw it. That was the whole point of this spiel, is that when you watched it the first time and the audience kind of had that reaction, you fed off of it and it made the whole thing feel better. Yeah. Whereas I, watching this by myself. Yeah. Like, yeah. It just didn't have the same energy. And I think no. how we view things oftentimes does affect how we're going to watch something. And we've said this in the past too with movies that have been long and like, you know, oh, I'm going to watch it in three sittings and I ended up watching it in two. And then I realized, oh, I'm definitely going to like it more in like, you know, two sittings than I would in three, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just, I'll be honest, I, I thought I was so certain you'd like this. And I'm disappointed that you didn't like it as much as I thought you would. That I'm not like raving about how great it is. Yeah, yeah I think I can just appreciate it for what it is, though. I don't know. I, d- drugs is one of those things. Like, I've always known this about myself. I don't love a drug storyline. Trafik is different. Trafik looks at all the different points of view About of like what happens with the like. My favorite part of Trafik <laughs> is the Erica Christensen storyline. Like that has resonated with me of this like high schooler who's gotten drugs in their way and like can still maintain a four average. <laughs> <laughs> can someone do that though? Because the movies like you tell you that's possible. Have you never heard that famous quote or the famous the writer of Traffic? Mm-hmm. Somebody pointed that out. Well, how is she on, what is she on, heroin? I think it's heroin. Yeah. How is she on heroin and still being able to have, like, all these great grades? And the writer goes, well, I was addicted to heroin in high school, and I maintained a 4.0 GPA. Hmm. So it can happen. But, like, did you ever meet someone (laughs) like that in high school? Hmm? Did you ever know someone like that in high school who was, like, addicted to drugs? The Zendaya of it all. (laughs) <laughs> there were a lot of people who like were definitely partiers yeah. and but they were ex- very smart and like were able to maintain good grades and a lot of them were girls who like pretended to be stupid oh right yeah yeah they would pretend to be stupid because they think that like guys would like them more yeah. and then they were always drinking and like i mean the most the hardest drugs i've ever seen is weed yeah. so, like <laughs> they were smoking weed on the weekends but they were still getting like a's yeah. In biology. So like oh, they were they were smart. 
But all this to say that that was something you connected with more. Yeah, I yeah, I enjoyed that storyline. I enjoyed Catherine Zeta Jones and Travick. I love. I think it's it was a new way of looking at drugs. Where this to me feels like the same old way mm. of looking at drugs. Of like. There's a guy who is going to drop some drugs. He's working with an actor. <laughs> I just hate drugs. And I also love saying drugs. Have you ever seen Sicario? No. We've oh, talked about this. I, I should watch My Sicario. boy Denis. Do you think I would love it? It's about drugs. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. But it like, is directed by my boy. Like, I've never watched Narcos when Narcos was no, like No, I've a never watched thing. Narcos either. Like, when people talk about Pablo Escobar... I'm not interested. Like that whole season of Entourage when they wanted him to play, when they wanted to do Median, I was not into Vinny Chase doing Median. Have you seen like Maria Full of Grace? Nope. Oh. The drugs, they're just not for me. Like even about drug mules? No, like that's the thing I don't, I don't, like I don't get it. I don't know why someone would put themselves in that position. I mean, many reasons. You should watch Maria Full of Grace. Okay. Is that, I don't know why my mind goes, oh, it must start Maria Bello. <laughs> Just <laughs> not. Okay. <laughs> it's, I think, Colombian. Okay. And the actress at the time got a Best Actress nomination. Do you love drugs, Nadim? <sighs> I do. Yeah. What's no. your favorite drug? <laughs> <laughs> I don't love drugs, everyone. Just just clarifying right now. I'm not <laughs> during the month of Ramadan, I'm asking. Yes, ex- exactly. <laughs> during the month of Ramadan being like, so like drugs? Tell me about your drug. Tell me about your drug addiction. No, I don't Her like drugs. Name is and I actually Catalina Santino. Catalina Santino. Yeah. Not I, Maria Bello. <laughs> no. I actually in many ways I feel the same about you. I find drugs can be a bit stale unless there's something more than the typical drug mule or you know drugs being sold on the street something like for instance training day which nope. isn't about drugs necessarily <laughs> yeah. it's more about you know corruption but I, I i do actually understand what you're saying and i do even get how what you're saying applies to french connection because mm-hmm. it is very much about like people selling drugs on the street and getting caught for doing so i think french connection gets a pass because I noticed this time around specifically while I was watching this movie, it made me, something kind of clicked with me and I was like, you know, you do not have two of the same best picture winners. No two best picture winners are the same. And you might have similarities, but they're often very different films. And there's nothing, there's nothing like French Connection before, and there's mm-hmm. really nothing like it after. That has one best picture. That has one best picture. So it really yeah. does make you think that, like, what you're watching is a moment in time. Like, there's a, a reason. Stamp, yeah. There's a reason this was this one, because it probably was revolutionary at the time. Yeah. I think that is a thought that comes with, like, a second or third or, like, a fourth viewing. Yeah. I don't know if people necessarily think that the first time they see something. I mean, we've watched so many things for the first time right now, right? Yeah. Haven't have those there, thoughts never crossed your mind, really? Of like, this is something so rare, or something. It it this must have been fresh at the like time. Yeah, to, yeah, it must have been. I I guess I have, but I also I. I guess it's not that it's wearing me down, but like, 
also when we're watching these movies, I'm also thinking to myself, like, why did this win Best Picture? And so sometimes that can get into the way of like the actual experience. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Because what else was nominated this Miramita? So something that I should I start with that one or no? I think oh, end on that one. Do you know where one. I'm going to start? Yeah. Sorry, are we starting with it? No, don't start with it. Okay. So also nominated was Nicholas and Alexandria, Fiddler on the Roof, The Last Picture Show, and one that I actually, I think I feel like probably maybe deserved it a bit more, mm-hmm. is A Clockwork Orange. There you go. I'm trying to remember what I rated A Clockwork Orange. Let me go look it up. Because The Clockwork Orange, A Clockwork Orange is a lot. It's a lot, but it's so different than anything up until we've seen at this point but to me when i look at this list i I really like a clockwork orange i think i gave it a four as would be my guess we both gave it three and a half i gave it three and a half okay Mm -hmm. interesting i think there is parts of a clockwork orange that we both were just like this is a bit jarring to witness yeah and i think a clockwork orange is also an example i think a Clockwork Orange is an example of a, a film in time. Like, mm-hmm. I think the story it's trying to tell and the moral it's trying to tell all of that and the way it does it, it's very much of the 70s. Whereas I actually think French Connection is a bit more timeless. Yes, you could set this at any point yeah. in history. And like, it would, the story would still make sense. Yeah. And aside from that, I think anyone at any time could watch this and this. maybe not love it, but I don't think. Anyone could hate this. But like, does the best picture, like, that's an interesting question to think about because you brought this up recently. Like, in 20 years from now, are we going to think that everything everywhere all at once was like a timeless piece of cinema? And is that what should represent best picture? Should it be these timeless pieces that you can watch at any point in your lifetime? Or should it be more representative of the year that it's being nominated for? Yeah. Yeah. I am. I lean more towards it should be representative of the year. Yeah, the now. Yeah, than then the rest of the. But I can time. see. But even that considered, I can see something like Clockwork Orange just being so jarring. Like even though it is of the now, even though it is telling a relevant story and an interesting story, and it's telling it in a way that is relevant for the now. There's something about it that feels too on the nose about that. Whereas there's something more classy about the French the French connection. Yeah, it feels like a more put together, yeah. thought out film. Whereas I think uh, a Clockwork Orange... Maybe that's Orange... not the right way. But just more like, it's not... A Clockwork Orange does have like bouts of randomness to it as well. Yeah, like I think yeah. much like many Stanley Kubrick films, a Clockwork Orange sometimes gets lost in itself. Whereas the French Connection might not be as deep or insightful as the Clockwork Orange, but never dips. It's never, it's consistently... Sent throughout. Yes, it's consistent from start to end. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, tell me if you have any sequel prequel ideas first and then... For the French Connection? For the French Connection. The French Connection. I mean, the ending of this movie is interesting because it does a thing that's been copied so much after where you kind of get a snapshot of what what happened with each character moving forward i am intrigued i'm forgetting her name right now angie yes 
I want to know what's up with An- how did Angie get into this? Really? Like, what's Angie's deal? I but I'm always looking for the female perspective. Yeah, I don't really <laughs> these care for because this. The other thing is, this is very male dominated. Very male dominated. But it's not. It doesn't. It's not shoved down your throat, and it's no. not unnecessary. Like it works. Yeah. It's not. I, yeah. But I do want to know, like, how did Angie get into this, and like, where does Angie go? Mm. But because I want to see Angie become like a dawn in her own way and like have her own drug enterprise as opposed to becoming the wife of a drug uh, dawn (laughs) yeah but she'll probably become the wife of somebody so somebody yeah uh, somebody else again that's what she's good for and then also like these two cops they get put into another department yeah they have to leave narcotics and go somewhere else. Where did they go? Part of me feels like I might have enjoyed the French Connection more if it was a murder. <laughs> if there was murder involved. I think, well, I think, I do think definitely you would have. Yes, me, me. <laughs> yeah. It, it would appeal to me more. But I, I would like to see them in the setting of being like homicide detectives in New York City. Mm. Oh, we didn't bring up how interesting it is to see 70s New York. Right? But this is also 70s New York right close to Midnight Cowboy. This felt even grittier to me. I think it was meant to. I think it was meant to feel like a lot more grittier, but also real. Mm -hmm. Like real, like Midnight Cowboy at some points felt like, I feel like you're trying to gross me out. You're trying to like... You're trying to really set it. You're selling something that I don't really want to experience. Whereas (laughs) I feel like French Connection was kind of just like, yo, this is just New York. This is what we were are. This is what it yeah. is, yeah. Take it or leave it. It's the greatest city out there. And I think it is nice to see a lot more movies trying to do stuff like that, trying to remove themselves from the like glitz and glam of mm-hmm. what they think we want to see and showing us a little bit more reality. And I think with this and with Midnight Cowboy, you were definitely starting to get a lot more of that like realism in cinema and what that looks like. Agreed. I liked it. I like the gritty New York City. The gritty New York City, yeah. Yeah. Always a fan. Kind of dirty. I'm going to go into my rating. Okay. And I'm going to start by asking the question, did it deserve Best Picture? Which obviously you must answer to. (laughs) I think it did. Okay. That's that's my stance. And even though Clockwork Orange is here and Clockwork Orange is a classic, I think there's something very sophisticated about this. Mm -hmm. And something... That sophistication is, I think, lacking in A Clockwork Orange. And that doesn't mean that A Clockwork Orange is a bad film. I just, I actually, under, I understand why people voted for this because it was a more accessible film and it was the, it was less weird and it was still, it, this must have been so like arresting and exciting to watch and palpable. Mm-hmm. Those are not words I would use to describe A Clockwork Orange. And I think A Clockwork Orange is a film that I would say is like happy to be here. Like, so happy to get a nomination and not asking for anything else. Mm. In many ways, this might have been the obvious choice. The French Connection might have been the the good way because I get it. It's it's a fun film. It is actually very energetic. That score is incredible. That chase sequence, I cannot, like, talk about it enough because it yeah. was, it goes on. It's a long sequence that is never boring. And we go from, we go from the sniping to a foot chase to a subway chase. Oh, and that other sequence on the subway where he's trying to get on the subway with the French man 
also so good. And then eventually he gets on and he waves at him while it's going by. Oh, I was, hey. Yeah, I, I was literally watching it. And I was just like, oh, that's so good. It's such a good moment of like the back and forth and wondering like the questioning and like, does he know? Is does he Has he figured it out? Are they going to get on? Is he going to get off? There's so many like it really keeps you like moving along. And I think very few movies do that. Keep you engaged and keep you moving forward and keep that tension kind of going. Yeah. It's really hard to do, and I, I think Phil William Friedkin really does it, and he and he flexes that muscle a few years later with The Exorcist, and I think mm-hmm. refines it then. But there's like there's a reason he won Best Picture, and I love the fact that this man directed The French Connection, he directed The Exorcist, and then he directed Cruising years later, and before this, he also somehow directed The Boys in the Band. These movies that are like LGBTQ icon films him being a straight man himself or at least bisexual kind of thing i think it's very very interesting to have such a variety of film and storytelling techniques in your filmography i really respect this i really respect the french connection and i really respect william friedkin and i think there was a point where i was just like yeah this is nice but the more i've talked about it and the more i've let it sit i've like walked away feeling like no i like this so I'm giving it four stars. Four for Nadim. Yeah. I'm going to write that down. Star rating. Season three. French Connection. French Connects. Four. Four Nadim. Okay. My turn? Yep. I do really appreciate it for what it is. I think I think you got into my head a little bit too. <laughs> not, to, <laughs> not to blame you, but you were very excited for yes, me to watch this. Yes, I was, this. yeah. And so I was like ready, like, okay, like, yeah. is this going to be like Sunset Boulevard? <laughs> is this like, is this the movie made for me? And it's not a movie made for no. me. But I can totally appreciate what is so great about it. For me, the thing that does stand out the most is that chase sequence that lasts yeah. is like 10 minutes long, but honestly could probably be 20 to 30 minutes. And I still would love yeah. it. Everything, every shot in that works. It makes sense. It's so exhilarating. And at no point are you as an audience member thinking like, when's this going to be over? Yes, <laughs> like, that's crucial. You are, it's like you're in the car with them yeah. <laughs> while this is happening. And to the point where I, as an audience member, got lost as to like what we were even doing mm-hmm. here. <laughs> like, I just want to see this chase happen. And I want, I want to be on for the ride. And that is so hard to do. Yeah. In 1971, Mm -hmm. when you don't have things like CGI and you can't do things in the post edit to make a car flip around or whatever, whatever they do today. I don't know what they do today, but there isn't necessarily like natural movie magic where this has all that natural magic to it. And it's very exhilarating and it's like nothing I've ever seen before. And when I was watching French Connection and I I had literally just turned it on and my dad goes, oh, are you at the chase yet? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I just just turned it on. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) But... I I can totally that whole that sequence itself to me is like yes go win best picture you <laughs> deserve it it is a very 
it does a very good job at telling the story. It's just not a story I'm interested yeah, in. I get that. And I, I think, I do think if I had a second or third viewing, I can appreciate these things even more. It's just for my first time, I was under the pressure of like, this is supposed to be really yes. great. What am I watching? That's like, so that mm-hmm. is really, really great. Because it's not even like, there are some really great moments in the dialogue, but it's not like super punchy. No. And it's, it is a little bit of like a slow burn up until that car chase as well. But it's like an enjoyable mm-hmm. slow burn because you, it is really remarkable what he does with the camera and in terms of like editing this movie as well. And you can pick up the things that come along like with The Exorcist. The only other movie I've seen of his is The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. But it is, it's very remarkable to watch this and then think like, oh, yeah, like this is totally the same person, but it's just two completely separate films, mm-hmm. like how he's able to do that. Yeah. And I can really appreciate that as well. If I'm comparing it to A Clockwork Orange, there's the maximalist part of me that really thinks something like A Clockwork Orange mm-hmm. does deserve Best Picture. And I think it's also totally fair to say that there are two films in one year mm-hmm. that both deserve it. Have there ever been a tie? No. No. I don't think this would be a tie. I get why the Academy went with the French Connection Mm -hmm. because it is a little bit more like it. You can take it in a bit better. Yeah. I think at that time in 1971, A Clockwork Orange was probably just so avant-garde from everything else is that it is quite the feat that it is even nominated because a lot of his films don't get nominated. And I think it is one of those things like retrospectively, yes, we now can say as an audience from 2023, that should have best picture. Mm -hmm. But if I am positioning myself in the 70s, this does make sense as the winner. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to be surprised with my rating. (laughs) I'm giving it a three and a half. Okay. It's, it is very good. Mm -hmm. It is. I can totally see that. It's just not, wasn't for me at this time. Yeah. I want to revisit it. There's a lot that I want to revisit and like kind of take a look and see if my my opinions change. But I feel like three and a half is good because I can appreciate what it is. It's just not for me at this time. Yes. yes. It just on an emotional level didn't resonate. Yeah. I think that's fine. There we go. There you go. Also, like I, I was expecting more from Gene Hackman. Yeah, I, I, I will say 100%. I was a little underwhelmed by Hackman. I don't even remember his character name. Popeye Doyle. Oh, Pop. Okay. I Yeah. <laughs> I'll rewatch it. How dare you? One of these days. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But that was the French Connects. Mm-hmm. And we have an interesting week next week for yeah. our next movie. But mm-hmm. before then, Mita. Yeah. It's game time. Okay. Last week, uh-huh. you were kind of a bitch. Yeah, but you know you know how this game works if I i'm do. a bitch to you you're a bitch to me you get to be an asshole to you yeah mita you had me connect puss in boots to <laughs> yes. to a movie called friday that i know yeah. exists but knew very little about okay today mita i would like you to connect said movie friday yeah to a movie very near and dear to my heart okay Sex in the City 2. <laughs> okay. Okay. Is my timer started? Timer starts now. Okay. Friday stars. 
I'm trying to think. Has anyone done like a guest spot on it? Has Chris Tucker done a guest spot <laughs> on Sex in the City? Let's think. Let's think. Let's think. Ooh, 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 ooh. Does that work? Tell me. Okay. Friday stars Regina King. Okay. Who was in Miss Congeniality 2. Yeah. <laughs> she was. Which I don't know if she was in two, but she is a Miss Congeniality one, Miss Candace Bergen, not Candace Bergen, Candace um, Murphy, Candace Murphy Brown, Candace Bergen. Okay. Candace Bergen, (laughs) who was on episodes of Sex and the City. So I I don't think Regina King and Candace Bergen cross, but. Sandra Bullock. But, does. No, okay. Regina King is in Miss Congeniality too, which stars Sandra, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock, exactly. That's the one. thing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's correct. That works. Okay. Excellent. How did you do it? There is an e- one actually easier way. Oh, so tell me. Chris Tucker, who is in Friday, yeah. appears yeah. in a movie called Silver Linings Playbook with one oh, Bradley, with Bradley Cooper, Cooper yes. who is a, in an episode uh, of an Sex in the City. Sex City, yeah. I forgot he's in Silver yeah. Linings Playbook. I did too. I had to look it up on IMDb. I do remember seeing him and I remember like watching it with somebody else and both of us being like, is that Chris Tucker? Yeah, because he's not really in it in it. Yeah. Yeah. Anupam Kerr is also in Silver Linings Playbook. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Yes. Next week. We oui, we. Oui. <laughs> what are we meant to watch, Mita? Next week, we are meant to watch The Godfather. <laughs> I don't even know how to introduce The Godfather because it is The Godfather. So The Godfather was the winner from 1972 for Best Picture. Yes. However, Mita and I actually reviewed The Godfather in season one. Mm-hmm. It's one of our earlier episodes. Yeah, we watched all three all Godfather three. films and reviewed them in one lump sum. Exactly. So... We will not be re-watching The Godfather. Instead, like we did for The Apartment, we are going to watch a nominee. Yeah. Now, the nominees in 1972, aside from The Godfather, were Cabaret, Deliverance, The Emigrants, and Sounder. Yes. Now, we looked before this recording, and The Emigrants is not available anywhere. We can't stream it. So that leaves three other options, Cabaret, Deliverance, and Sounder. And mm-hmm. in order to make things authentic and not to just pick and choose, mm-hmm. we are going, we've assigned a number to each film, Cabaret being one, Deliverance being two, Sounder being three. And we're going to use an, a random number generator online to pick which one we're going to watch. I feel like this is like a sports lottery or something. Like we're going to find what team we're going to be drafted to. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Mita. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Generate the numbers, Nithi. We are watching number two. Deliverance. Deliverance. I've never seen it. I know. That's the music from it? Yeah. Dueling banjos. It's a big thing. Oh. This is a very interesting choice. You've seen Cabaret, right? Yes. Okay. Because Cabaret and Deliverance are like opposite ends of the political spectrum. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It makes sense that John Boyd is in it then. Okay. Yep. And Burt Reynolds. Oh, okay. Some hotties. Some (laughs) some right wing hotties. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Oh, but that is for next week. Yes. That'll be an interesting conversation. Okay. Yeah. Mitha, do we have any parting words? I, we do, Nadim. Mm-hmm. You still picking your feet in Poughkeepsie? I did not understand what this was supposed to mean. Neither do I. And I, so, full disclosure, I did not pick this quote, but Nadim <laughs> did. <laughs> and so that's why I was just like, I don't know why he wants this. Because I kind of like it. <laughs> Poughkeepsie. I just like saying Poughkeepsie. 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 I'm okay with that. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for... Deliverance. Deliverance. Have a lovely week, folks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by no one. You can send us an email at moviestowatchpod at gmail.com, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at moviestowatchpod, and check out our letterbox at movies, the number two, watch pod. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.